all the days of eternity, Father, will not have enough days to thank you for all the things you've done for us. So many things, Father, that we know about. And yet, Father, there'll be so many things we find out about when we arrive in heaven that you did for us without us even knowing. Things, Father, that are made clear in your word, we know that you've done for us. And yet, things that are in your word that are yet to be revealed to us that you've done for us. Father, we're so thankful to live on the inside of us and speak to us and lead us and guide us in all truth. You show us things to come. You grant unto us mercy and kindness and grace and peace, Father. We're so thankful for healing our bodies and renewing our minds, Father. Thank you. And Lord, we just thank you all the days of our life. Every day, Father, that we breathe air on this earth, we'll be a thankful people. We'll remind ourselves, Father, of what you have done for us, what you are doing for us, and what you will yet do for us tomorrow. And so we thank you for that. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We will be a thankful people. Father, you said in the last days, during the perilous times that one of the many things that will, that will come is that people will be unthankful. Father, we'll never be found to be in that group of people. So Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the Lord Jesus. We thank you for the Spirit of God. We thank you for the Word of God. And we thank you, Father, for being the head of all things and desiring to redeem your people from destruction and death and bring them into your kingdom for all eternity. So Lord, we thank you for these things. We give you all the praise and the honor for the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, as we were singing that song, you know, of course we're thanking the Lord, but uh, you know, I'm so thankful uh, for, uh, just for me, for Chris and Jared, you know, in the ministry here and how they make uh, to make everything so easy to do around here, you know, to get up and, and um, you know, she sings a song and the Spirit of God comes in and I just have to get up and just just do what I'm told, you know, just do what the Spirit of God says. And, and Jared makes it all sound so good, you know. And, and um, I remember I was doing jail ministry one time and uh, we would bring our own singer with us. And, and I, of course, I wasn't the singer, but I was doing the service that particular day. And... Um, I was just about to get up, and the inmates wanted to sing one more song. And um, you know they're in jail for a reason, right? So they don't have the best, they have not made the best life choices, right? And so they decided they wanted to sing uh, Amazing Grace to the tune of Freebird, you know. And so I don't think Leonard Skinner wrote Amazing Grace, but uh, somehow they took a square peg and stuck it in a round hole. And... Um, that was tough getting up after that, you know. And so uh, if uh, my wife pulls out Amazing Grace, which she does on occasion, but if it ever starts to tune a free bird, you know, we're all in big trouble, right? So, <laughs> but praise God. The Lord is good. Amen. And so let's see. We actually had um, finished up a, um, uh, a chapter there. Let's see. We finished up. Um, chapter 13, right, a couple weeks ago, because we weren't here last week, uh, and it was talking about how Jesus spoke, uh, spoke the words, and, and his mother said, whatever he says, do it, uh, but, uh, so that was chapter 13, so we never, never did finish the questions in the, in the uh, study guide for that, so uh, I figured I'd give you two weeks to answer the questions, and if you still haven't got them, then, you know, it's, it's pretty tough right there, right, so, uh, so question number one was, what should we do whenever Jesus speaks? Whatever he says do, right? I mean, uh, you know, the, the nice thing about the Lord Jesus is, you know, if people tell you to do something, you're required uh, by uh, sound doctrine to take what they tell you to do, review it according to the Word of God, and as long as it doesn't violate the principles of the Word of God or the Spirit of God, you know, then you do it, right? If it's your boss and if it's not unethical or immoral or fattening, you know, then you're kind of required to do it, right? Even if it's something that maybe you don't want to do. 
but uh, but if he says to do something that's unethical, you did no, I'm not doing that, right? So, you know, you have to take everything that you're told to do uh, under consideration, right? You're not obligated every single time to do it. Um, you're required to review that. And and the nice thing is we live in the New Testament. So even as the pastor, if I tell you to do something, you're not obligated to do it, right? You're only obligated to do it if the Word of God tells you to do it. You're not obligated to do it just because I tell you to do it, amen? Uh, and so even though, you know, in, in this local church, I'm the, I'm the highest authority in the local church, but that doesn't make me infallible. That doesn't make me beyond uh, question, amen? But the Lord Jesus is. If he, if he says to do something, then the correct and only answer is yes, sir. It's not, well, I don't want to, or it's too hard, or, you know, I don't like that. It makes me uncomfortable. Those are all the wrong answers. If the Lord Jesus tells you to do something, right? If the Word of God tells you to do something, or Jesus or the Spirit of God tell you, tell you to do something, then it's easy. There's no need to wonder, is this of God, right? Uh, and so, now, if you don't know it's of God, then you do need to go ch check the Word of God and make sure that it lines up with the Word of God. Uh, and question number two says, Jesus wants to move us from faith to what? from faith to faith, from faith to greater faith, right? And so, you know, your, uh, Romans 12, 3 says that he's given to every man a, the measure of faith. So every child of God that, that uh, is on the earth has a measure of faith. So you have a measure of faith right now. It's not the, um, the, the maximum amount of faith that you'll get. It's really the starting point that you'll, that you'll have in your life. And you, you should increase and go from faith to faith and from glory to glory in your life. And you do that by primarily through the word of god uh the bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word so your faith should grow as you know the word more as you read the word more as, as you as you study the word of god more amen uh question number three says did jesus need to go to the nobleman's son to heal him no why not uh this distance is not an obstacle right that's why i got my answer you know so you probably don't have that answer in your book there right Distance is not an obstacle for the Lord, amen? Uh, and so that means you can pray for loved ones if they live in a different city, amen? You can pray for other people in different, uh, different locations. You have to find out if you have the authority to do that in that circumstance. Uh, but uh, the distance itself is not the obstacle, amen? Uh, and then question number four says, what does the Bible say about, the, about how the son was healed? He began to amend, right? So it wasn't, it implies there that he, it wasn't an instantaneous healing, right? He began to amend. How long did it take him to amend? We don't know. Uh, but we do know it was, it was some time, right? He began, so he began, he, he ended being mended. Uh, what the time frame between those two, we don't know. But we know that uh, it, there was a, a time period that was involved in that, Amen. And that just tells us, you know, that that's not all the cases. The majority of cases that we see with Jesus, they were instantaneous healing. Uh, but uh, I believe he put this uh, stories like this uh, for our benefit that uh, that it's okay if sometimes it takes a while for healing to occur. Amen. Uh, and um, uh, I know just in my own personal life, there are things that plenty of things that I've prayed for and instantly healed just in my own personal life but then plenty of things that uh, took a period of time. And, um, uh, and so, well, why is that? I don't know. Um, you know, for, for me personally, it doesn't really matter if it takes time. You know, my, my um, right elbow was bothering me with, uh, I don't know, about uh, six or eight months ago, uh, maybe, maybe more than that. And uh, I don't know why it was bothering me, but it was, it was just bothering me, so I started speaking to it. And uh, it didn't get better immediately, but I just get up every day. And, and if, you know, if I thought about it, if it was, if it was bothering me, I'd just speak to it, you know, say, well, you're healed. You know, you've got to straighten up uh, because I'm not going to change. Amen. The only thing that's going to change is the wellness of my body. When we change and say, well, I give it, I guess it's not going to work. See, then, then we let somebody else win. I, I just, I'm too competitive to let my body win against my spirit, man. Amen. Uh, and so, um, you know, sometimes you have to stay the course, but if you'll stay the course and not, not ever give it up, you'll find the victory, amen? Uh, and so let's turn in our Bibles to Luke chapter 13. We'll start this, this uh, chapter here uh, that she starts is called the Spirit of Infirmity, and there's some good things we can learn from this particular chapter. So Luke chapter 13, get over there. So in this, in this particular case, uh, this story... Um, 
here in, in Luke 13. This is the only, uh, only example of this story we have. Many of the other uh, healing stories we have from other gospels, but this is the only uh, gospel that records this particular story there. So we'll start in chapter 13, verse 10. And it says, And he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years, and she was uh, bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called, him, he called her to him and said unto her, Woman, thou art loosed from thy infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation. That, you know, still I read those words and I'm, I'm astounded that someone who suffered for 18 years, that he had no compassion on, on her uh, getting better at all. No, no joy that this woman that he probably knew for these 18 years uh, has miraculously and instantly gotten better. He, he was indignant, angry, angry at uh, the situation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day and said unto the people, there are six days in which men ought to work and them therefore come and be healed and not on the Sabbath day. The Lord then answered him and said, Thou hypocrite, does not, not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his ass from the stall and lead him away to watering? And not, not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan hath bound, lo, these 18 years be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day. And when he had said these things, all his adversaries were ashamed, and all the people rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. And so there's, there's a, a lot of good information in this particular um, in this particular uh, story here, starts out in verse 10, it says, and as he was teaching, he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. So that was the primary ministry of Jesus was teaching. These were the Jewish people. So although he did preach, right? He did, uh, uh, he did preach on, on a regular basis. But oftentimes when he was with the children of Israel in the synagogues, and the synagogues were kind of similar to our local churches, right? He had now, there was a temple in Jerusalem, the, the main temple, but there was only one temple in all, all of Israel. And then in the, in the local areas around there, and probably even in Jerusalem, they had local synagogues where people would gather together, and there was usually, in this case, like a scribe. This was a ruler. They called the guy in charge the ruler of the synagogue. Now, sometimes they were a scribe or a Pharisee or just an elder among them, and they would teach the people the law. And, and they did it not with much authority. They would just say, you know, it's written this, but they wouldn't actually, you know, say, well, of course, of course it says that. So you remember when, when they said Jesus, about Jesus, that he speaks with authority. He teaches with authority, not like the scribes. So they, they were very hesitant to, to be adamant about what the word of God says. They said, well, it just says that. We don't want to really touch it. You know, we don't want to say, you know, go in great detail about what it says there. And so they taught a lot without much authority. But Jesus started out teaching, right? He started out in, in this particular situation uh, instructing the people. Of course, we don't know the topic of, of what he was teaching. Uh, but it says there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity. So we know, you know, and we've gone through all the healing examples in the Word of God, that sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes the sickness, the, the cause of the sickness is a spiritual attack, right? It's, it's a demonic presence. It's a, a devilish presence. And there uh, are different spirits, right? This one is the spirit of infirmity, which is kind of a general uh, spirit. And, and uh, I've prayed for people in the sense the, 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 that they had a spirit of infirmity. And oftentimes what you see is it's a chronic illness or lots of times people have just, you ever know people just, there's always something wrong with them, right? If they get better of this, you know, then this falls off and they tape that back on and something else falls off and then they tape that one back on and then they get this and, you know, they get that fixed and it's, and it's always something, right? It's you know, they, they get cured of this, but then six other things show up, right? And it's, all, it's always something like that, right? Uh, and, and oftentimes, again, you don't know, you have to know and discern it by the Spirit of God, that, but oftentimes in situations like that, there's a spirit of infirmity, just a general sickness, right? Infirmity uh, it means weakness. It's a general weakness. It's just always sickly, right? Uh, and, it, and it's chronic. This, this woman had this for 18 years. That's chronic, right? That's a long time. That's something that she's been dealing with uh, for a long time. Uh, and, and so now uh, in this particular case, uh, she had a spirit. The cause of her sickness was a demonic presence, right? A spirit of sickness. 
There are other cases where you've seen uh, deaf and dumb spirits, right? Uh, you know, I know a lot of people who've got dumb spirits, right? But uh, they speak every day, but it's a different kind of dumb spirit, right? And so I don't know if you can cast that one out from healing or not, but, uh, uh, but there are other, uh, other demonic spirits that the New Testament, uh, primarily the gospel, speaks about that's the cause of the sickness and disease. So my guess is there's probably a spirit for every known disease in the world, uh, and then a lot of those things get just the inertia of, of germs and viruses cause a lot of sickness and disease without being a specific demonic presence. But sometimes there is a demonic presence causing the sickness and disease. Amen. Uh, and so, so how do you, if you know it's a, if, if it's a demonic spirit causing the sickness and disease, how do you deal with it? That's a kind of loaded question, right? That's a $64 question. Um, well, let me ask you this way. Is there, a, is there a standard process for dealing with a demonic spirit that's causing sickness and disease? Do we cast that spirit out? That's the question, right? Uh, and so uh, what did Jesus do here? Did he speak to the spirit? Did he cast the spirit out? Other times, did, did, he, did he speak to spirits and cast them out? He did other times. In this case... Uh, it, it says, when he saw her, he, he said to her, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. Didn't address the spirit at all. He laid her, his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Uh, and, now, and before all that, he says, uh, he called her to him. So uh, he called her to him. Uh, he spoke uh, just a declaration of faith. Here's what's going to happen, right? you are loose from your infirmity, and then he laid hands on her. He never addressed the spirit, right? He never cast the devil out. He never mentioned the devil here, although the, the word of God tells us that the, the, the source of her sickness was a demonic presence. And so clearly Jesus has not been to any of the charismatic churches in America, right? Because we're casting out devils for everything, amen? Uh, especially anybody remember the 80s? You know, the 80s were, were an interesting time. You know, that's when I got saved was in the 80s. And uh, when I got saved, I got saved in a word church, in a charismatic church. Back in the 80s, everything was a devil, right? If you had a bad day, well, that was a devil. You know, if you got mad because the biscuits were burned, you have a devil, right? If, uh, you know, if your washing machine broke, you had a washing machine devil. I mean, everything was a devil, right? And they were casting devils out of wallpaper and flooring and, and everything in the world. Uh, and... Um, and the problem with that mentality is if everything's the devil, nothing is your fault, right? If, if the reason why you're acting and are so mean is that you're yielding to a devil, then it's not your fault. It's the devil's fault. Uh, and, it, and it was kind of Flip Wilson uh, doctrine, right? The devil made me do it. Uh, and, and, you know, I remember, you know, I'm just like 16 years old or so at the time. And, and uh, you know, worst thing in the world is get somebody who doesn't know anything start reading the Bible. You know, start looking at things go, wow, we should live like this, right? And so we would go, and anybody remember marathon devil casting out sessions, right? Uh, you, you, you missed all those, those fun times, Miss Nancy. <laughs> we'd go, we'd cast the devil, I mean, hours, right? We'd holler at somebody, you know, sit them and duct tape them to a chair. We'd cast the devil out for, I mean, sometimes one, two hours, right? Hollering, you know, one, one let go and one hang on and, yeah, and um, and I was watching this as a kid, you know, and and, and so you know, of course, and I, I by, by that time I'm reading in the book of Mark. If you read the book of Mark, you know, most of the things Mark says it says immediately this happened, right? Mark was very specific in how he he, he wanted to en emphasize how long it took to cast this devil out. Jesus said, you know, be gone. You know, he didn't say be gone in Jesus' name because you know he is Jesus, but it said be gone, and it says and immediately the devil left them, immediately. And so I'm just asking one of the uh, older folks there, you know, they've been around a while. I said, and, and it was really a naive question. I said, why do y'all take so long casting out devils? I mean, you know, Jesus did it. And it was always instantly, right? We, we'd go until they just, you know, they just asked to have a devil so they have something to cast out, right? And I mean, you know, and, and you know, even, even I got caught up in it because, uh, you know, at that time, my folks had passed away. You know, my, uh, I was... Uh, I was 14 years old when my dad died and 15 years old when my mother died. And, uh, and then I got saved in between those two. Uh, and, and I started going to this charismatic church. And so we were talking one day. I don't know how, would he, how the topic even came up, but I said, you know, I didn't really cry at my mother's funeral home. 
my funeral because my dad died. It was just like that, right? He had a massive heart attack. He was there one day, just gone. It was, I mean, just instantly died, right? He, there was no, uh, even though the ambulance took a long time to get there, if they had been there at the house, he would have, the, he, there's no way they could have recovered him, right? He just died. My mother, though, died as an alcoholic, and, and she went in the hospital around March or so of 1980, and then died in July. So she was in the hospital for three or four months, right? And just getting progressively worse. And she had jaundice and ended up having liver failure. And well, you know, that's a long time. And you see him, you see him getting, uh, you know, uh, worse and worse. And you kind of deal with, well, this is, she's not going to make it, you know? And, uh, and there was no intent in my, my heart about, you know, I was bitter or angry or, you know, I had psychological problems. I needed therapy. It just, you know, I dealt with it. She, she was not going to make it, and I just dealt with it as best I could. And, and it wasn't even a thing, right? It was just, you know, it just happened. And, and so, but they thought I had the not crying because my mother died devil. Uh, and, and, and so they sat me on the front chair, sort of casting the devil out. Now, I don't know what the, what the devil was that I had, but, you know, you come out of him not crying devil, you know, and, and I'm just screaming at me, you know. And, and, I, and, and you know, I'm just, a, I'm just like six, 16 years old, right? And I didn't know, you know, and so after a while you figure, well, I guess we got to go with it. So I start blubbering and crying, you know, and snot everywhere and, and thinking, is this, is this it? I mean, are you casting? And, and they were all super excited because I started crying and, you know, slobbering everywhere. Uh, and, and, and the th- but the thing is, I wasn't any better or worse before, during, or after. I was exactly, because there was no devil. It was just, you know, a thing, right? There was no, I don't have a psychological break or you know, I didn't need therapy or, and I'm not opposed to therapy, you know, in the, in the right context of just saying I didn't need that. It just, I was fine. And, but, uh, but they start making up devils and, and everything was a devil. And, uh, and the problem is, you know, sometimes devils aren't even worthy to address directly. They don't deserve to be directed, to be addressed directly oftentimes. They're not, they're not the Lord. They're not God. Yeah. And, and so Jesus uh, didn't even uh, bother to address this spirit of infirmity directly. He just said, this is what's going to happen. And his words carried the authority that needed to take place. Amen. And so, woman, thou art loose from thine infirmity. He didn't cast anything out. He didn't speak. He used authority. And so, uh, you know, in our, in our situations, we really have to be led by the spirit of God about what to do in, in praying for the sick. You know, it's not, it's not a one-size-fits-all, amen? Sometimes you speak with authority and just, this is what's going to happen. You know, if you remember when Peter's mother-in-law was sick, it said he rebuked the fever. He spoke, to, he spoke to the fever itself and rebuked the fever. In this case, he, he just said, this is what's going to happen. You're loosed. He didn't command the infirmity to end. He didn't command her to straighten up. He said, this, uh, you're loosed from this infirmity. So you have to be led by the Spirit of God. And that, that's, I think, the hardest thing for the church to do, especially, you know, even though we're in the circles of healing, right? I mean, the charismatic church is in the circles of healing. We believe in healing for the most part. But we love law. We love rules. We love formulas. And we'll, we'll do one thing one time, and we'll, we'll work that same exact process till forever, hoping to repeat that same success. And, and sometimes you may never do something the same way. Well, you know, then how do you do it? You do it the same way you've always done it, is follow the Spirit of God. Whatever the Spirit of God tells you to do. Uh, you know, Brother Hagin one time, or no, it was, it was Smith Wilkesworth one time. Some guy comes, and, and he was so sick that he had to have his doctor bring him to the, to the meeting. And so he, uh, he gets up there, and Smith Wilkesworth looks at him and rears back and just punches him in the stomach as hard as he could and knocks the guy down. And, and, and of course, people's eyes probably just turn into saucers going, you know, what just happened, right? He just, he just punched that guy, you know, and, and then the guy falls down, looks like he's dead, and his doctor just gets, just gets beside himself. It's, you killed him, you killed him. And, and Smith just went on, though. He said, he's all right. Uh, and uh, he had a real thick Scottish accent. He's all right, he's all right, he's all right. And he just, he just went on, you know, praying for other people. And, and the guy sitting there looking dead his doctor's berating him as he's praying for other people. You know, he's going to sue you. His family's going to sue you. You know, you're, you're a false prophet. Whatever he's saying to Smith, you know. He's like, he's all right. He's fine. Leave him alone. And then sure enough, you know, the guy gets up and runs around the church perfectly healed. Right? And so, well, did, did uh, Smith start a punching in the stomach uh, ministry association uh, and start, you know, doing everything that same way? No, he didn't do it. You know, I mean, he did. Uh, one time, he, I think he drop kicked a baby. 
uh, which is, I mean, you know, you got to really, you got to know it's God. I mean, it has to be a burning bush, telegram, email, you know, probably a sky writing or something, you know. I mean, it'd have to, you'd have to really know it's God to, to, to kick a baby, right? But he did. Baby was fine, right? Now, you're going to have a baby kicking association? No, you don't want to do that because you get you in trouble real quick, right? Uh, and so, you know, there's just, in the area of healing, uh, there's no set rule. Even if there's a demonic presence, it's not a law. You've got to cast that devil out. And then you've got to ask it what its name is. He didn't even address the spirit, the, the spirit here. Amen? No spirits here at all. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I, I remember there was a time, in fact, uh, it's uh, September of 2022, so this was October of 1997, so it's been 25 years ago, right? So uh, at that time, I used to have, um, I used to get strep throat a lot. Uh, and when I get strep throat, then I lose my voice. You know, I couldn't speak for about three or four days. And, and uh, you know, my, my wife was pretty thrilled about the, just that part of it, you know. Uh, and so, uh, but, um, uh, but then I couldn't keep it in my stomach. You know, everything I ate would come back up, you know, and go in the wrong direction. And, uh, and so um, fever, you know, and just achy and have to be in bed. Uh, and this went on for years, right? Just, you know, two, three times a year, I'd get the strep throat. And, um, well, you know, by 1997, I'd been saved for 17 years, right? And I, and I knew healing. I knew about the healing power of God. I'd been healed many times, but I could not get the victory in this area. Uh, and I, you know, every time that happened, I'd bind the devil. I'd bind you, devil. You know, you get off me, you spirit, you know, of, uh, of not talking, you know. And, and uh, you know, I don't know if Chris was praying any other way. You know, you spirit of not talking, you get on him, you know. <laughs> I don't think there's any of that going on, but... Um, but, you know, I'd bind the devil and all these things and no success for years. And finally, you know, <clears throat> we're all slow sometimes. And finally I asked the Lord, you know, Lord, you know, what's going on? I mean, I believe in healing, right? Don't you believe in healing? I mean, I believe in healing. It wasn't like I, it wasn't like I didn't have faith. <clears throat> Not, you know, I knew about healing. I've been in, uh, you know, then I also knew sometimes if I wasn't successful, I'd get other people to pray for me and, and I'm fine with that, right? And, and even today, if I need help, I don't care to ask somebody, hey, lay hands on me. You know, I'm fine. I don't really much do that anymore. I've had a lot of success in that area. The Lord's been gracious to teach, to teach uh, us these things. Uh, but there's no problem with doing that, amen? And so, Lord, you know, what's up? And, and you know, the thing about the Lord is, is when, when I, there's really two responses that I expect. Either he tells me what's up or he doesn't tell me anything. And if he doesn't tell me anything, I, I assume, because I believe if I ask, he said if you'll ask, he'll what? You'll receive, right? And so if I ask, I expect him to tell me. If he doesn't tell me, then I just assume there's nothing there, right? Now, some people, you know, they're always trying to gin up some kind of, it's, it's a secret sin. You ever heard that? It's a secret sin. You know, you've got a sin when you was 12, and, and you forgot about it, but it's still there. It's secret, right? And that's causing you. Well, don't you think he could tell you that? Because it's really not a secret. Who's it a secret from? Yeah. You're the one who did it. Yeah. So it can't be a secret from you. He knows about it, so it can't be a secret from him. So who's it a secret from? Right. And, and if you don't know if it's a sin, then don't make up stuff. People make up stuff all the time. It, it's probably something I did. Well, how, why don't you know? Well, I don't know. It's probably something I don't even know I did. Well, then, you know, there, there's, a such, there's a doctrine in the scriptures talking about trespasses, right, which are kind of things that you do that are wrong that you don't really know that they're wrong. You know, there, there's a minister up in... Um, um, uh, up in Minnesota, what's his name? Um, you'll, you'll know his name. Uh, you, I think you've been doing. Uh, is it Mac? Uh, I think. If, uh, I think it was uh, McCammon. Mac Hammond. That was it. I think it was Mac Hammond. I think it was his history. Because I think he was in the military. Uh, and if it's not him, you know, if you're happening to be watching this, uh, Reverend Hammond, it's no, no, nothing personal. But I think it was him that uh, told the story about. Uh, he, he, you know, kind of grew up rough and got saved, you know, and, uh, but, you know, you get, you get saved, but you're not perfect, right, when you get saved, you know that, right, uh, people are like, oh, if you're not perfect, when you, the day after you get saved, you know, you're going to hell, uh, and, and, you know, you got to give people some time to grow, and, and, so anyway, so he was at a church, charismatic church, spiritual church, and his, and his, and somebody needed a devil cast out of him, and so the pastor said, you go cast the devil, hey, you know, in general, you probably shouldn't have the youngest Christian casting out devils, right, I mean, you know, want, want to have somebody that's, that's been there, done that, or, you know, been around for a while, but, you know, for whatever he had this. So, so he goes back in the, in the back room back there, starts casting his devil out. I says, you blankety-blank devil, you get out of him, you know, you blankety-blank right now. So, you know, he used a lot of 
colorful language. Well, that's a trespass, right? He didn't really know that you're not supposed to cuss out the devil, right? And, and so, you know, no harm, no foul, you know. I mean, some people would just, you know, it's amazing. Some people would be so offended if they go, oh, I can't believe they did that, you know. I'd be laughing. It'd be the funniest thing. I'd tell the story all the time, you know. And can you believe that we sent it back there and he cussed that devil out, you know. Uh, and so, you know, there's things that we do on occasion that we don't really know they're wrong yet, you know. Uh, hopefully we grow and learn those things, and those are trespasses. But that's not going to cause you to get sick and disease. It's, you know, th- these things are issues that if it's really due to sin, it's something you, you know is wrong. You chose to do it anyway, and you're unrepentant, right? You're just not going to repent about it. Well, those things happen, and hopefully we get them resolved in our lives. But in, in my particular case, when I had that strep throat, yeah, Lord, what's up? Casting every strep throat devil out in all of North America, and nothing's happening. It's not getting any better. And so you, uh, I expect the Lord to give me an answer. I expect him, you know, that's my expectation. That's my faith, right? When I ask, he's going to tell me. And if he doesn't tell me, then I'm assuming there's nothing wrong. And that's the way I've, I've worked with him all of my life, all of my Christian life. And so, but this case, he said, well, you know, he said, it's your problem. It's your fault. Uh, <clears throat> well, okay, then tell me what my fault is, right? Uh, uh, and so... He said, uh, he said, you're casting out a devil. He said, there's no devil involved in this sickness. And see, that was my error right there because this was, uh, you know, strep throat is a viral infection and uh, there's viruses just floating around right now. Everywhere in the world, probably in every, every square meter of, of land on the earth, there's probably one virus, right? And they tell you, you know, if you go to, uh, well, I'm not gonna tell you that because people get afraid of that, so I won't tell you, but uh, there's viruses everywhere, right? There's viruses everywhere. Uh, and so, could you just pick up a virus? Just doing nothing, just pick up, well, sure. And, you know, your body's probably killing thousands, you know, of viruses every day you don't even know about. And it's just taking care of it, you're going on, and, and all is well, right? And, and so, uh, but he said, he said, your problem is you're trying to cast the devil out when there's no devil. And in our church there, we had, uh, in the, the sanctuary, there was two of these big metal poles because it was, uh, it was a, a storefront building kind of like this, except it was a newer build. So they didn't have these nice long spans here. They would have these shorter spans, and they would have to support them with these metal beams and on the, from the ceiling to the floor. Uh, and this is what the Lord showed me. He, he said, because there was two of them in our sanctuary near the front of the church, near the front of the, the uh, stage there. And he said, you're speaking to this this pillar over here to this beam over here and he said your problem is is over there and and he kind of said you know what he what he implied in saying that is the devil's laughing at you because you're talking this thing over here and that's not the problem the problem is over there so so he said you're you're acting like it's a demonic presence causing the sickness and it's not a demonic presence causing the sickness so you can cast the devil all day long there's no devil there well, that was news to me because by law, as a charismatic, everything's a devil, right? And you've got to cast the devil out of everything, right? Out of, out of, out of your, you know, your gym shorts, everything, right? I mean, just, the devil's everywhere. So, and, you know, you just kind of go along with the flow. You know, we're not, we weren't really taught as like we should have been, amen? We grew up in the charismatic world, and we were screamed at and preached at and spit on and, uh, and, um, uh, and had every not crying devil's cast out of you all the time. But we weren't ever taught these things, right? That don't make a law. And so I made a law. Everything was a devil. And so I tried casting the devil out for years. And never asked the Lord about it, you know, and, and was unsuccessful for, for a long time about that. And, and so he said, there's no devils. There's just, just, just plain old sickness, right? Well, that was new information to me. I didn't really think about it that way. And so from that point on, I just started speaking to the sickness, not to the devil because there was no devils. I'd speak to the sickness. You strep throat. You're not gonna. Uh, you're not gonna continue on my body anymore. And, and that was October of 1997. That's been 25 years. I've not had strep throat since then, and I won't have strep throat the rest of my life because uh, if that symptom comes, see, I know what to do with it. You know, because because by that time I'd know, right? I'd get a little. I'd get a little scratchy throat, and then I'd start feeling because I had these, you know, these glands right here would start swelling up. I mean, you know, you knew all the symptoms, right? And I, and I would, and I would, oh yeah, these glands are swelling up, so then, you know, I've got strep throat there, right? And, uh, and I'm not a doctor, you know, I just, just, just you know, that's my path, right? I, you know, I, well, that, it's not those glands, it's some other glands, whatever, you know, it's just, you know, it's, it's my body, you know, I figured out what worked for me, right? You fix your own body, but, uh, and so, but I would knew, I would know those symptoms, and I would, I would know, okay, if nothing changes, in about two days, 
you know, all the symptoms are going to come to a head and, and all this bad thing's going to happen, right? And so, uh, so what I would start to do is as soon as that, that symptom would happen, I'd get on top of it. No, you're not getting on me in the name of Jesus. I refuse to accept this sickness and disease. I bind you in Jesus' name, you sickness. You know, not the devil, the sickness. I would speak to the sickness, right? And that should always work, you know. And, and uh, Now, again, in that case, just like, remember, in, in Mark chapter 5, when Jesus was, was casting devils out of the, manic, uh, the gathering demoniac, uh, remember, he asked the name, and it says he asked the name because he had been telling it to leave. So, you know, so there are times when, when you're doing something and it's not working, and that's when you've got to go back to the Lord. and You've got to ask him, am I doing something wrong? Am I speaking to a devil when there's no devil or am i speaking to the sickness when there is a devil uh, but even if there's a devil you know uh jesus didn't speak to the devil here right so if you're having success just go with the success who cares right it doesn't matter you don't need to have well in this case you know don't make a law for that if you're having success then do it uh, but in that particular case you know there was no devil and so i didn't need to cast the devil out here but even if there was a devil the, the point here is that uh, we don't always have to cast out devils amen uh, and so so uh, they, the ruler of the synagogue was mad with indignation because uh, he healed on the Sabbath. And, and you know, I, I was doing some research on this because, you know, I was trying to figure out, you know, I've read the Old Testament, read the law, you know, and there's no, there's no law in the Old Testament says don't heal on the Sabbath, right? So why are they so mad about it, right? Why, why are they so mad about healing on the Sabbath, right? I mean, you know, they just... And he, I mean, he's not just like, wow, they shouldn't have done that. He's mad, right? The rulers are mad about this thing. Uh, but if you go back, you know, the, the, problem with, the problem with humanity is when the Lord says, keep the Sabbath holy, right? And don't work on the Sabbath, right? Rest on that day. Well, then that's not good enough for legalistic people, right? right. I need more information. When you, when you say work, what do you mean by work? Well, you know, generally speaking, the Lord's like, well, don't be so greedy that you've got to work six days, seven days a week. That's really the intent of that is don't be so driven by greed that you've got to work yourself to, to the end, right? And don't spend any time with your family or spend time worshiping the Lord. That's really the intent of, the, of keep the Sabbath holy and don't work on the Sabbath is take time aside to spend with friends and family and, and the Lord specifically, right? Uh, and that's really the goal of that. It's not, you know, that people make all these big things you know rules and regulations about these things and and you know that's we're not going to get into all that that's another whole discussion but but then uh, when he said don't work on the sabbath then they, they well we need more information so what the jewish uh people would do is they they had they had the law but then they had the writings about the law so when he said don't work what does that mean so they went they had um, there's probably hundreds of of pieces of information about here's what it means to not work and so, for example, they said, I think the number is, you can walk 1,999 steps, and you're good on the Sabbath. If you walk 2,000 steps, that's work, and, and, and off with your head. Uh, you know, and so they would, have to, they would write that. Well, if you're walking, you can take these many steps, right? But you can't do uh, one more step. Well, who, who came up with, did the Lord come up with, with 1,999? No, well, why isn't 1,998 okay, right? Or, or 2,001, why is that not okay? But 2,000 is wrong, but, but 1,900, it's just, it's just absurd, right? Because are you working to earn money? Well, so then what people will do, then they'll work and earn money up to nine, nine, uh, 1,999 steps. I'll earn money for that, but, but I'm not going to do that one last step, right? And so you got to, if you're going to sell me something, you got to live within, you know, less than 2,000 steps away from me. Otherwise, sorry, I can't buy it, right? So, you know, they're going to find loopholes for everything. And so they just went through everything, every possible scenario, right? And so the scenario was when it came to sickness, you know, if they're dying, well, you know, you could put a bandaid on them, right? If they, if they got cut, you know, if a, if a boar gored them or something, okay, you, know, you could put a bandaid on them because it's, it's to save their life, right? Because we're compassionate people. You can save their life, right? Put a bandaid on them. But you can't put any salve on them, right? Any kind of, you know, uh, neosporin or something like that because that's work. So you can save their life, but you can't actually make them feel better. And so that's, that's where they come up with the law about, but you can't heal, right? So, so see, this woman's been there for 18 years, right? She's not dying from this. It's just a chronic illness, chronic sickness. So uh, if she was like fell over dying, like she lost like an arm, like a, like a, 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 a you know, 
lion ran into the synagogue and bit her arm. I mean, this is an absurd story, right? But, but uh, it's my story. You get your own story, right? And so they could, they could put a band-aid on her arm, but they couldn't put anything on it to make it feel better, right? No, no salve to make it remove the pain or anything like that because that's work. The saving of life is compassion. That's okay, but nothing that would actually be work. So, so Jesus was wrong by, because this woman wasn't dying, right? So he was working on the Sabbath. So they consider that an infraction of the law, even though it just says, it literally says just keep the Sabbath holy and, and you know, don't work. I mean, that, that, that was the intent, right? And so that's why they were so mad because they loved the law. They loved the law. In the, in the, in the mind of the Jew, the law is so important. It's really in their, in, they, they, would, they would hardly admit it, but it's really more important than God himself because, of course, Jesus showed up here and their desire to follow the law is more important than following Jesus, right? So that's, they elevated the law above God himself, even though he's the writer of the law, right? And of course, you know, Jesus came to fulfill the law, but, I mean, not to their letter. To, he's the one who wrote it, right? So you remember when, his, when the disciples were going through and they ate some corn, right, on the law, on the, on the Sabbath day? and went into their fields and picked some, some of the uh, corn or the wheat or whatever it was, and, and they got all mad about it. And it's like, we're not, we're not working. We're just going from here to there, and they were a little hungry. And so, you know, because the, there's a lot of laws in the Old Testament. If you're going to make food, make food on, on the day before the Sabbath, enough for that day and the next day, right? So don't be making food on the day of the Sabbath. And, and, and again, it's not about just working all the time, amen? That the whole point of it was don't work all the time. It's not, it's not, that's not, I don't want you to do that. Uh, but, you know, if you're just hungry and you want a snack, you know, just, that's what they did. They were, and, and they're right there with Jesus. And he, didn't he write those, didn't he write the law? It's his law, right? Wrote this on the tablets, you know, and the, the Ten Commandments on stone. The rest of it he gave to, to Moses and dictated it to him. I, I think if he, if he was okay with it, then you should have been okay with it, right? Of course, they didn't really recognize Jesus as, as either the Messiah or the one who was the originator of the law. Uh, so, you know, that, that's why they're so bent out of shape out of that, right? Uh, and so, you know, so we can learn, we can learn from that, right? Any, any law about dealing with devils, any law about dealing with sickness and disease at all, what you'll find there's no law, right? He, he did lay hands on her. And now he did, in this case, uh, uh, gave her an opportunity to express faith, right? Because he said he called her to him. Uh, and so, so she got up, right? Now, it says that she was uh, bowed over and couldn't no wise lift her up. You know, can you imagine that today? You know, some woman basically crippled. Hey, come up here. Let me pray for you, right? I'm not going to go back to you. Come up here. You come. Uh, well, I can't believe he did that, right? Well, it doesn't matter if she's going to get healed, right? What's it matter? You come up here. Hey, hey uh, you know, I mean, you think about Elijah. Remember when he went to the widow? <laughs> Hey, uh, well, what are you doing here? I came to get some sticks and feed up my son and die. Okay, can I have that? <laughs> now, can you imagine the, 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 uh, all the nightly news, right? You know, so-called prophet eats uh, widow's last meal before her son dies, right? Uh, and so, <laughs> but anyway, it's... Uh, so she did express uh, some amount of faith, but in this case, you know, he never says, woman, thy faith has made thee whole, right? Other places he said that, right? Other places he said that it was your faith so she didn't really necessarily have any faith so this is really a sovereign act of god right he did it just because he wanted to amen uh, and uh, but the, the part that i like in this particular story uh he says in verse 16 ought not this woman so when he said that ought not this woman you know that's just uh, uh, uh dr yeomans brought out that that's a very strong word right uh, he said it's uh, the way she said it's the most powerful word in the human language for it, it implies moral obligation, right? Ought not this woman uh, be loosed uh, from uh, this sickness? Why? Because she is a daughter of Abraham. So what qualified her to be healed had nothing to do with her faith, had nothing to do with her actions. It had to do with her, her covenant relationship with God. That because she is a daughter of Abraham, she ought to be well. And, you know, I, I think about that for myself. I'm a child of God. I ought to be well. Uh, God is, is morally obligated to keep me well because I have a relationship with him. In fact, he said uh, in, in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 6, it was in verse 20, 
that says, uh, glorify God in your, in your spirit and body, which are the Lord's. Well, he owns my body, right? He, he bought it, right? When I, when I chose to, to accept him, he redeemed me. He purchased me out of the marketplace. He redeemed me, and he, and he took ownership of my body. Now, he leased it to me. I have, I have active responsibility for this body, but he's the owner of it, right? Uh, I'm a leaser of it. Uh, I'm borrowing it for the time being. You know, eventually he'll give me a glorified body. But he's the owner. if he's the owner of it, then, then ought my body not be well. I'm a child of God. He's the owner of this physical body. Yeah. And, and that's a very, the way Jesus said, it's a very strong statement that, that she had a right to healing because of her covenant relationship with God. And she's a daughter of Abraham. We're sons of God. I mean, that's an upgrade, right? Daughter of Abraham, pretty, sound, sounds pretty impressive, right? Well, I'm a child of God. Every Christian in the world is, has, is in a higher standing with God than this woman right here. And she got healed because of her standing with the Lord at that time. Uh, and nothing else, right? There's no, she didn't earn anything, right? She didn't have great faith. You know, I've not seen such great faith, no, not in Israel. She, there's no, there no, no comments or statements about her faith anywhere in the story. She ought to be well because she's a child of God, because she's a child of Abraham, daughter of Abraham, amen? Uh, and, you know, we should have a little bit of righteous indignation about that. How dare you? I'm a child of God. How dare you get on me? How dare their sickness attack my body? I'm a child of, of uh, you know, and nothing wrong with saying I'm, I'm a, because it does say we're uh, sons of Abraham, right? Abraham's our spiritual father in one sense. Uh, but, uh, but we're also sons of the Most High God, children of the Most High God. And that, that, you know, that just ought to rise up sometimes in us. You know, I'm a child of God. I am not required to be sick at all. And people say, oh, you know, you just can't help it sometimes. People's, uh, uh, their confession is the worst, just the worst. Well, you know, you're getting older now, so, you know, can't do that anymore. And, well, you know, that's going to start hurting right there, you know. And, and I, I know I've told you, but I've had multiple people tell me, you just wait till you get my age. You know, it's all going to fall off. And, and I'm thinking, no, it's not, right? You all, yeah, none of you all saying it here, but that's a terrible thing to say. It ain't true, you know. And, and, of course, I don't get afraid. Oh, I don't accept that. I don't accept that. It's like, blah, 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 right? Now, I'm not disrespectful. You know, they are my elders, right? I'm not disrespectful to them. Uh, you know, they can say it, and, you know, I just, you know, I don't even hear it. It's just blah, 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 right? And just like, you know, one time when Jared was like five years old, he was getting ready to school, and, and Chris was like, brush your, hair, brush your hair, brush your teeth, you know, make your bed, uh, put your socks on, you know, you know and this whole list of things, and Jared stops and looks at it and goes, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> It's still a classic one, you know. He hasn't pulled that out in a lot of years, but, uh, you know, he used to pull it out every now and then, you know. Jerry, take out the garbage and mow the yard and, you know, do, 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 blah, 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 blah. Uh, but, you know, sometimes if I'm not saying anything to you, you know, you, you know, if you could open my mind up and listen to what my mind's saying, I'm probably saying blah, 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 blah. <laughs> if you're telling me, you just wait till you get older and it's all going to fall off, I'm thinking blah, 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 right? I'm not going to disrespect you in that, but... Um, but my mind will, you know, and, <laughs> and so, uh, because in, I don't live that way, amen? I'm not going to just, oh, I just can't, you know, uh, you know, th there is a certain class of people, and, and I've met many of them, it's almost like they have a, uh, a career goal to get on disability. Mm. I've been trying to get on disability for years, right? Years. They just won't, t they, every time I go to the doctor, they say, I'm fine, you know, what's wrong with them? I need to be on disability, <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's like, you know, it's a, such a career goal. And look, if you're on this, I don't care, right? I'm, don't tell me what you're doing, you know, but, but it's not a career goal. And, you know, I've even talked to people that said, I said, the doctor said I can't work. I said, but what do you say? Well, I mean, they thought, they thought that's the dumbest question I've ever heard. Well, the doctor said I can't work. Yeah, but what do you say? What does your faith say? Now, I wouldn't say that to anybody, but people that are going to faith church, I think it's okay for me to say, but what's your faith say, right? And they thought that was the oddest question. Uh, and so, it just, um, I, I don't know. Um, so th this woman was healed. The, the, she had a right to be healed. She ought to be healed. See, that, and that's, to me, this is one of the strongest, best messages. Because some people say, oh, I don't have great faith. Yeah, but are you a child of God? Yeah, then that's all you need. You have, a, you have a right. You ought to be healed. Just because you're a child of the Most High God. Not because you have great faith. Not because you've done all these wonderful things. You, nothing else. There were no other qualifications for her other than who she was. She was a child of Abraham, a daughter of Abraham. 
Uh, and, he, and, and what was the source of her sickness? Whom Satan hath bound, lo, these 18 years. And so, you know, uh, it was a spirit of infirmity. So, so Lucifer is not a spirit of infirmity. That's his underling, right? But he's in charge of all these things, right? And so, so he put, the, he put the, uh, uh, the cause of this directly to Satan, uh, ultimately. But, you know, more than likely, the, Lucifer himself was not in this woman's body. It was some underling that was there. But he said, it's that guy's fault over there. All this stuff right here and all these devils and demons that are doing these things that are terrible, it's that guy's fault over there. And, and, uh, and, and so Jesus recognized that. But he didn't even give him the courtesy to cast him out. He didn't give the devil the, the courtesy to, to address him by name, uh, to even acknowledge that he was there. He, I'm in charge, uh, and this is what's going to happen. Uh, woman, you're loose from this infirmity. Amen? Uh, and, and, you know, and of course, he has to make the, the terrible analogy that she's at least a, as good as, as your farm animal, right? Uh, and, of course, uh, it says there in verse 17, when he had said these things, all of his adversaries were ashamed. But it, it, to me, it's, it's even a shame that he had to even say that, right? That, that you couldn't have enough compassion on this woman and be happy for her that, you know, you'd seen her suffer for years, you know, maybe all the 18 years, right? You know, maybe she tripped and fell and, uh, or, you know, or maybe she co contracted some disease, you know, 18 years ago. We don't know the source of it, but it was some spiritual thing that happened, right? Maybe she uh, sinned and opened up the door for the devil 18 years ago. We don't know. Uh, it, doesn't it doesn't seem like that because uh, oftentimes other places he says that uh, go and sin no more, right? Or he would say, uh, son, your, uh, your sins are forgiven. So a lot of times he would address if there's sin involved in the situation. There's no addressing of sin here at all. So it just uh, it implies to me that, that it, was just, it just happened, right? You know, a lot of times the devil will just come up and just, he'll just push and see, see if he can get in. No sin, you know, you didn't necessarily open the door. He just sometimes, you know, you ever left the door open and a bug flies in? I must be in sin. No, it just, it just flew in, right? No, you, gotta, you don't have to repent for that. It just happened, right? Sometimes you're not paying enough attention and, and, and the devil sneaks up and, and starts, you know, uh, you, you get a little twinge, a little ache or pain and, 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 you know, if you just said, you know, get off me in the name of Jesus, it'd go away. A lot of times you go, oh, I wonder what this is going to be. I wonder how bad this is going to hurt. The devil's like, thank you, appreciate that. I'll, I'll just camp right here, right? A lot of times our, our, our confession invites him in the rest of the way. Amen? Uh, you know, for me, I fight it every day. I'll fight it till my last breath on the, on the, on the earth. I'm not having it. You know, just, I'm not going to be, just, just get more decrepit every year, right? And I know, I know that, uh, you know, there's no promise that we'll live forever. Amen? But I'm not going to just be in a hospital for the last 10, 20 years of my life. I, we were talking to, to Miss Marilyn the other day, and there was a, one of the, one of the uh, great uh, teachers at Ramah. I said that in his latter days, he was just put in a nursing home. Nobody visited him. His family wouldn't visit him. She'd go visit him because he was one of her professors. And, and just, he was there, I don't know, she didn't say how long he was. Did she say how long he was there? But... But he ended up dying in that nursing home, just alone, right? Uh, and, um, you know, the, 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 the thing about where we're at, you know, we've got such an advantage of even our, our fathers of faith because we've been taught this from this, this high, right? We've been taught this. I've been taught healing from the day I became born again. You know, a lot of people didn't pick this up until they've been a Christian for 5, 10, 50 years, right? I mean, Mr. Nancy, how long has it been since you, before you were saved before you heard about healing I mean, it might have been early on i don't know but uh, yeah so how long had you been a christian yeah and so how long were you a christian before that yeah so that was just three years then right <laughs> so that's decades right decades you were a child of god and didn't know about healing right now he can redeem the time right he can catch you up and, and i think you get younger looking every day right every year so uh and so you know he can accelerate those things but, you know, some of our forefathers, they didn't have that advantage, right? They didn't have the knowledge of, of starting as a child of God and knowing that God wants to heal their bodies, amen? So we've, I think we've got an advantage even over folks like Brother Hagen and, you know, um, uh, John Osteen was a great man of faith, but he died when he was 70 years old because he was a Baptist pastor for, for decades, right? He didn't know about healing, and he probably taught against healing for many years, right? 
Uh, and can the Lord redeem? He can, but you know, you've got to really focus. You've got to really pay, pay attention to, I've got to, I've got to make sure that, that I'm going to get back on track and, and stay on this course, amen? And, and that's, of course, that's one reason why we have healing school, right? Uh, and so, so um, I, I just, I like this story because this story is, uh, if you're a Christian, you ought to be healed. You ought to be well. That, and that's, that's all you got to know. Are you Christian? Yep, then you ought to be well. Uh, amen. And it's not a reflection on your, on your lack of character. If you're not, you know, we're not trying to condemn anybody at all. We're just saying that that should just, that, that, that knowledge should rise up and just cause you to, to, yeah, yeah, I don't have to put up with this. I don't have to be sick. I don't have to, you know, it doesn't matter what my dad had, what my mother had, you know, it doesn't matter what my DNA, my father in heaven has got me new DNA. Amen. I'm not required to start feeling bad because of, of the calendar. Uh, I could feel good all the days of my life, amen, because I'm a child of God. Uh, and, and, that, and I think like that. I, my mind thinks like that all the time, amen. Uh, and so, um, so that's the end of that chapter. We, we've got a few questions on this one. I think we've got time. It's okay if we answer them then. Um, on, only four questions in this chapter, right? And some of these chapters are getting shorter and shorter, it seems like. And so uh, question number one says, what was the cause of this woman's sickness? Spirit of infirmity, right? So there was a specific demonic assignment in her body causing this sickness and disease. Was everyone happy with this healing? Who was not happy? The, well, in this case, it was a leader of the synagogue. We don't know that he was a Pharisee specifically, but does it say that he was a Pharisee? I think it just says he was the, the, leader, the, the leader of the synagogue, right? Uh, which oftentimes was a Pharisee, but didn't have to be. Sometimes there were scribes. Uh, what is the most powerful word in the English language? Ought. We don't really use that word very often, right? But um, it's a, in this context, it's a very strong word, right? Why, why, why is it the most powerful word? Uh, I like the way that uh, Dr. Yeoman said it. It implies moral obligation. Obligation on God's part that if you're a member of my covenant, then, then you ought to be well. I'm morally obligated to keep you well if you're a member of my covenant. And that's really the Lord's, you know, for, if you could see healing from God's perspective, he thinks you ought to be well. You're my child. That's the way God thinks. That's, sometimes we don't think that way, but, you know, step back sometimes and just look it up from God's perspective. You know, sometimes in a church we get these weird, crazy thoughts, but there's only one thought of the Lord when you're not well, they ought to be well. They ought to be, they ought to be, because they're my child. Uh, I'm their father. I want them well. They ought to be well. That's his thinking. That's the way he thinks, amen? If we would hook up and think the way he thinks, that's called having our minds renewed. See, then they, we'd never, well, this is my lot in life to bear, you know. I just, it's just my life, you know, I just gotta, I gotta put up with that, you know. Well, you gotta put up with it. Fight it every day, amen? This woman fought it for 18 years, but she got it, right? She, now, well, I guess I gotta wait my 18 years. No, don't, don't ruin your healing with your bad confession amen it took 18 years you know but, but uh, she had to wait till because the synagogue leader wasn't going to help her out at all amen she ought to have been well from the day she got it but the leader of the synagogue was of no help to her amen how many times has the church been no help to the people in the church amen, to uh, to get healing amen so let's pray and thank the lord for his word today so father we thank you for your word and father we thank you that as children of the most high god we ought to be well we have a right, Father, a legal covenant right to be well, to be healed, to be strong each and every day of our life, Father. We don't have to decline and slowly get worse, Father, and finally end up in a nursing home. Uh, Father, we can live as the example of our father Moses, who died at 120 years old, Father, and you said that his eyes were not dim and his natural forces were not abated. And so, Father, we thank you. Yet even a man not born again, but because he had a covenant relationship with you, lived a life free from sickness and disease. And so, Father, how much more will you do for us, your very children? And so we thank you for that, Father. And we give you the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Well, let's get ready to receive this afternoon's offering. And, um, you know, the, sometimes there, there should be a little bit of righteous indignation with, with uh, our bodies when things try to attack us. You know, there should be a, how dare you? You know, how dare you? How dare you try to put this on me? I've got things to do. I ain't got time to be sick. I've got things the Lord needs me to do in this earth. Amen. There should be a little bit of, of that uh, uh, 
Well, I think it was that same fella that uh, uh, the, 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 the yeah, but he used to call it uh, uh, sphizzerinctum. You know, you got to have a little sphizzerinctum sometime. You know, to when these things come on you. You know, I don't know how to spell that word or not, but uh, I'm pretty sure it's not even a word. So come ahead, Mr. Jared, and, and receive the offering. So, but sometimes we just need to have a little bit of that attitude. You know, you know, kind of that. You know, now how dare you come on me? You know, you ain't getting on me. And I can't bob my head like some people can do that, you know, but, uh, you know, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get some of our friends that can do that right. How dare you do that to me, you know? Uh, and, it, uh, you know, it would be good to have, you know, snap that finger, yeah, you, you, know, you know, you ain't doing that to me. Uh, it's okay to have a little attitude against the devil sometimes, amen? Uh, and so, oh, we'll be blessed. Have a wonderful week in the Lord, and we'll see you all on, on Wednesday. Yep.